When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with one more huge move to come. Is OBJ about to become the star of the stars? Would that shift the balance in the NFC? Meanwhile, big changes in the college four, including one decision the committee made that changes absolutely everything. And if I took away the quarterbacks and asked you to name the MVP, who would it be? I'll tell you why everyone is overlooking the most obvious choice. All that and more as we get up with you starting right now. It is a Wednesday from New York and we are loaded up. Here we go. Kmart is here. Heather's going to put everything in HD for us. Neek and Chris Canty ready to go and it begins today in Dallas. How about them Cowboys? Perhaps the future home of Odell Beckham Jr. Yesterday, the owner, Jerry Jones, asked about the state of his receiving core and how OBJ might look with a star on his helmet. I like the fact that we're getting, uh, we're just getting better at receiver. We may or may not get something done as far as adding something to the receiver core, but if we don't, I like where we are. Odell is someone that we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor, and I know that uh, the Cowboy star on that uh, helmet when he puts it on could look pretty good. That helmet, if he puts it on, could look pretty good. Okay, and then, of course, it went to Twitter. Micah Parsons heard about this and said, I mean, OBJ, talk to me. Let's do this thing. And I'm clearing that up. So Odell responded, Law, LOL, she, whatever that says. You tell me. You know, I don't think I can say that. You know, all the fam on my daddy's side is down there. I'm just trying to win wherever I go. So Odell likes the idea. And Kansas City got into it. This a media member who's a Chiefs fan. Who said you would 100% win with Mahomes and Kelsey and Big Red? Family atmosphere, loudest crowd, no turf, best barbecue, by the way. Just something to think about. He's appealing to him. He's going to his stomach. And Odell said, it ain't out the question. So that's what Odell is doing, to be clear. We'll talk about the Odell side of it, and then we'll get to the Cowboy side of it. He's playing the field, right? Yeah. You said this last week. He is trying to create interest wherever he yeah, can he's find. He's homecoming it. queen right now. He's walking around like, do you like me? Do you like me? And he has a lot of suitors for a good reason. And I think the Cowboys should be at the top of his list. He wants to go to a contender. What's a better team than the Cowboys, except for one, Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs. So those are the two that we just talked about there. So now let's get to Jerry Jones, who always knows. On, you know what he knows how to do? He knows how to make a radio show work. If Hello. That Tuesday radio show is must listen. And here he is saying how good Odell would look with a star on his helmet. What do you think and when should they do it? Well, they should do it yesterday. Like as soon as you can get the player in. Tannenbaum made this point yesterday that if you can get a guy in, even if he can't play, mm-hmm. get him into the meetings, get him learning the offense, mm-hmm. get him learning the intricacies in running routes in practice. All those things matter. I think they should add him. Speaking of the Cowboys, they need him more than anyone else. And it's not necessarily that he can be the Odell of all and be a true number one throughout the course of the rest of the season. It's that when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need him to win you one game. You're going to need him to get you three or four important third down conversions. Right. You never know when they're going to come up, but you're going to need another player at some point. Everybody 
everybody does, but I think the Cowboys more than most. Every contender could be considering this, if only because when he wore that Rams uniform mm-hmm. last year, they acquired him as a luxury, yeah. and he turned into a necessity because right. of injury almost immediately. You never know where that may happen. How do you like it, Canty? No, I love the move, and the Dallas Cowboys clearly need to add some firepower to their receiving core because, to Neek's point, you're going to need him in the postseason. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys receivers, not named C.D. Lamb, I'm talking about Michael Gallup and Noah Brown, they've only got 23 catches for first downs this year. In the playoffs last year, Greeny, three and a half games, Odell Beckham Jr. caught 21 of 26 targets. 15 of those were for first downs. Odell gives your offense and your team, for that matter, a little bit more margin for error because right now the Dallas Cowboys can only win football games one way by dictating the complexion. But if you find yourself down, and that's what we're anticipating at some point in the postseason, you can be able to throw yourself back in the games by having a receiver other than C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. that can beat tight man coverage. Odell Beckham fits that bill. And the cost. You know, we talked about should the Cowboys have, have gone after Brandon Cooks, right? Well, that price tag on him, the guaranteed money that he was going to get, that, that prohibited some teams. That, yes, we're interested, but Odell coming off two surgeries, that's going to be a lot less than Brandon Cooks. And you know that it's not about having Odell as a number one. It is, it is a guy that defenses have to key on. You have to know where he is on the field, which then opens up things for other guys. It, it's worth pointing out also when it comes to Odell Beckham that he, the Cowboys traded Amari Cooper to Cleveland oh. for a fifth-round pick. Chris, oh. they traded him for a fifth-round pick. Imagine the conversation we wouldn't be having this morning. I don't know what we would have started with today, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been this if they hadn't traded Amari right. Cooper to Cleveland for a fifth-round pick. Right. Yeah, that makes that Ezekiel Elliott deal look that much more worse, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy taking up $18 million yeah. on your salary cap. But they need Odell. I mean, this Cowboys receiving core, 25th in yards, 25th in yards after catch. They have to have more punch, Greeny, if they're going to be a true title contender, especially with some of the offenses that they're going to be facing in the playoffs. And I think whenever you can take pressure off of your quarterback, Dak mm-hmm. is a very good quarterback. He's someone who can lead game-winning drives in important situations if you need to, but you don't want to ask him to do that very often. The key thing about Odell Beckham is not only that he can get open against man coverage, not only that he has the potential to be a big play guy, is that sometimes you can just throw him a three-yard pass that he'll turn into 15. Mm-hmm. That's yep. real nice, and the, your, the point you made about first downs is a good one. I'm not sure the air yards on all of those, but it makes a, like a much more low-risk proposition, which is why everyone says Cowboys need to run the ball. It's because you want to take the risk out of the mm-hmm. offense. Throwing a three-yard pass is not that risky. Either. And so if you're saying to yourself, well, he's not going to be healthy for a while, that's probably true to the point Dominique began with, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't do it immediately. Right. Get him in there so that when he's ready, he's yeah. really ready. That's one circumstance in the NFC. Let's get to another. On the opposite side of the ledger, the Green Bay Packers, they stink on ice. They've lost five straight. <laughs> Things hit a new low this weekend. Aaron Rodgers, three terrible interceptions against the Lions, but he's not giving up, and he wants to remind you exactly who he is when he was on with Pat McAfee yesterday. I always believe in myself first, and I bet on myself first to go out there and to and to, to impact the game and to be great. And I still know I have that within me, still the reigning, defending, two-time MVP. Oh, yeah. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come battle. They know where to find me. Hell, yeah. I'll be be in the center of that huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can, and laying it on the line. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Get him, Kmart. What are we doing? Tell me, what are we doing? 
Was that a Nicolas Cage speech? Did, he, did Nicolas Cage actually say that in a movie? I think he did. Look, I hope that that was that was for comedy because I don't understand after off a game where you threw three interceptions in the red zone, you're talking about you know where to find me. I'll be on the field. <laughs> in the middle of that. Great. How about you be great against the Lions? How about that? Like Ooh. that. I, I, this is what's so frustrating about Aaron Rodgers. We know he is the one of the greatest guys who ever played the position. Um, arguably the, the best talent, right? But when you talk about this team, everything is going wrong. Yeah. But guys are getting open. Like, guy, like, like their O-line is not performing that terribly. Like, this is what I don't understand. And for Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers was the person that we were hanging all hopes on as far as they can fix this because they have a Hall of Famer at quarterback. But when you throw three interceptions, you cannot get on the Pat, the Pat McAfee show talking about, oh, expect greatness out of me. If yeah. you want to win, come find me on the field. No, bro, just actually hit your receivers. I kind of have to. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you, you find it especially funny. It's hilarious because when you start talking about your resume, that means you can't talk about what's going on on the field this season. That's what this is. And he goes on in that Pat McAfee interview to talk about the armchair quarterbacks and it's hard to criticize him because we don't know the play calls. Well, Nick, I don't know that I need to know the play call to know that he underthrew that ball to David Bakhtiari. That yeah. should have been a walk-in touchdown. Right. Matter of fact, he was already in the end zone. Right. Just lay it out there. Right. But he underthrows it. Aiden Hutchinson gets a pick. And beyond that, Greeny, it's going to be hard to win games when your quarterback has three red zone picks. Two of those interceptions happen in the end zone. So that's bad ball by Aaron Rodgers. And I think the genesis of all the issues is the friction between the head coach and the quarterback. And Greeny, K-Mart talked about the receivers not being able to get open, not being able to beat tight man coverage. Well, if you look at that Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur style offense, they utilize motion to create separation in the passing game. Aaron Rodgers don't like motion. All right, when you look at the 49ers, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, those are the top two teams in terms of motion on snap percentage. Right. The Green Bay Packers are 13th in motion. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to be flexible in terms of thinking about some other ways yeah. to try to but have success you, because the way you want to do it clearly ain't working. But Hembo sent me a great stat. Their receivers are getting open. They rank fourth in average separation. So, like, Aaron Rodgers, I understand we have drops. I do get that. That's not on Aaron Rodgers. But at the same time, the Packers have the pieces. And mm. Aaron Rodgers talking about, I'm great. Expect greatness out of me. Everybody else, come follow me and do the same thing. He has not been great. It's, yeah. about the, it's about the timing of the statements to me. If Aaron Rodgers was balling right now, I'd be up here saying, talk your talk. Yeah. We'd all be celebrating yeah. that. He is, he is arrogant, chest out, balling. But it's not even about him saying about the attitude, because I think that's the right attitude. The right attitude is, we can do this. We are great. The problem is... Where's the, the we? Where exactly. was the we? There ain't no we, the dog. Problem, <laughs> the problem is he's not going we, and he's separating himself from the team, which I think makes it really <laughs> uncomfortable, because... What's implied in that is they are the problem. Even though you throw three interceptions, which, what's implied is which, they are the problem. Yeah. And I'm not sure that he means that, but it's possible that some people are – maybe he does mean it. No, I'm he does give, mean it. When I'm he's talking about back-to-back -back MVPs, I'm giving that's a me. I'm why? trying to give him the benefit though? of the why? doubt. Why? Though? I'm why? trying to – because this, I want to be kind. Here's the thing. <laughs> Today's the day you yes. get to be kind. Well, Today. Well, well, well.
<laughs> Aaron Rodgers is exactly who he has always yes. been. It yeah. just sounds completely different when your team is three and six and just scored nine points against the worst defense in recent NFL memory. But he's not going to change who he is, right. and I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to change who he is. No. He's a 40- or 39-year-old man. He's going to be who he's going to be. It just sounds yeah. very – if he had said exactly those things after a bad loss last year, we'd have been like, yeah, Aaron, exactly. you're going to go out and beat him <laughs> next week. Uh, but I I think that's sort of the, at the crux of the issue because doing the same thing, this is not the same, like this is not the same roster from last year. Mm -hmm. The expectations are the same, but it's not the same roster. Your paycheck is different than it was last year. Yeah. Like you make a $50 million, like you have, like it is on you. And you cannot separate yourself from talking about their three and six together. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but Dominique pointed this out in the meeting this morning, and I'm seeing it again. That video that we just cut of Aaron Rodgers being frustrated, there's one word he seems to use in every <laughs> Every one. <laughs> he said that word just as many times as he threw interceptions. And oh, it's just, my God. There it is again. It's coming. Oh, wow. Don't it's, read it's, his lips, guys. Look, <laughs> it's, that, I mean, it's, it's literally in every single one of these clips. Mm -hmm. There it is. Boom. One, two, Joker, Joker, and the triple. I mean, there it is right yeah. there. So that, that's the frustration that you were seeing. I, it is what it is. We'll leave it there for the moment. We'll see if they're able to turn this thing around um, as, as they try and work their way through a season. They get Dallas this week. So we got OBJ and the Cowboys. We got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. That's only where it begins on a very busy Wednesday with us coming up next. Is it possible that Tua and the Dolphins are sneaky great? How seriously should we be taking them as Super Bowl contenders? Plus, Georgia, Ohio State, sitting pretty after the second college football playoff rankings. How confident should their fans be that they will be there when it matters most? We will answer all the questions as we roll on. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up, and the game is called Pretender or Contender. Chris Canty, are the Miami Dolphins a pretender or a contender? This is Seattle. Dominique, I'll start with you. Go. I think that the Seahawks are definitely contenders. I like how we mix it up. The Dolphins are also contenders. <laughs> I really appreciate the way that Tua has been playing since he's been healthy. The two wide receivers are unstoppable. They made additions to that defense, which is getting better, I think, I hope, maybe. But uh, definitely they're contenders, especially if they can get um, the playoffs down in, in their in their city down in Miami rather than having to go up to the cold weather cities. Speaking of cold weather, Kmart, yeah. Vikings, pretender or contender? Listen, everybody, get on the Vikings train. I need this team to get some love. I just watched them against the Commanders. They are 7-1. Credit Kirk Cousins and those ass, whatever on the plane, whatever he's doing, it is working. Kevin O'Connell being a first-year head coach. These guys, they have not played a full, complete game yet, but talking to Dalvin Cook and talking to Justin Jefferson over the weekend, they say, we keep fighting, and that's a scary thing if they haven't played their best football yet. Watch out for the Vikings. Who wore it better, Cousins or Sheffy? Chris Canty, Seahawks, pretender or contender? I'm going to say pretender, G, and I love Geno Smith. He's done a great job for them. You're talking about a guy that's top five in QBR. Their defense, even though they're young, they're opportunistic. They're sixth in takeaways, and G, the most impressive part is they're being able to get after the quarterback. 27 sacks, that's good for six best in the National Football League. But I'm still not buying them as a team that can win multiple playoff games and go on a deep playoff run. Geno versus Brady this weekend. We'll have much more on the NFL as we go. But right now we're headed over here because the college football playoff rankings came out. The second edition last night. After a weekend of chaos, so much to watch. Georgia is your new number one. Followed by Ohio State. Then Michigan, undefeated TCU, moves up to the fourth spot. Tennessee falls from number one to being the first team out. That's the left side of your bracket there. One through five Alabama Clemson in rare spots they're at the back of the top 10 right now sitting at nine and ten let's make sense of all of this Heather Dinich always puts it in HD for us and Paul Feinbaum gets up with us early here all right Heather as we watched everything that the committee told us last night what was the most important thing to you Tennessee can still finish as a top four team. The selection committee loves their wins against LSU and Alabama. They're number two this week in strength of record. And somebody above them is going to lose because Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other. You know what's interesting? The SEC or the selection committee's only left out one one loss SEC team ever from the college football playoff. Texas A&M in 2020 was number five. So it's certainly possible that a one-loss team that doesn't win their division can finish in the top four. Ohio State did it in 2016. Alabama did it in 2017. Yeah, and we again, a very impressive resume from Tennessee. The, the one-sided nature of the loss this past weekend, I have to believe, will hurt them. How about you, Paul? What, of all the messages the committee sent us last night, what did you take away? Say goodbye to Clemson. Uh, they, they are done. They, they have absolutely no path back greening. This is unprecedented. Uh, outside of tw- uh, 14, they've been around. And, uh, of course, last year uh, we uh, were able to survive without them. But this is so un- un- unbelievable to think that at this juncture of the season, Dabo Sweeney's team is done. 
and maybe Nick Saban's as well. There has never been, I cannot underline this enough times, there has never been an addition of this college football playoff that did not include either Alabama or Clemson. And, of course, many times it has been both. Heather, will this be a first? Is there any path in for either of those two teams? No, Greeny, and it's not because of resume or wins or losses. These are not looking like top four teams. Clemson got destroyed on the road at Notre Dame. They have quarterback issues. Alabama all along, wide receiver drops, no push up front on the offensive line, penalties, turnovers, you name it, they're not playoff teams. Yeah, and, and I mean, Reese made the point last night on the show that Notre Dame basically has won the ACC, right? <laughs> They've beaten both the teams that are going to be up there. You agree with that? No path back. We were waiting to see where they would put Nick Saban's team last night. Paul, no path for Alabama, yes? Actually, there, there's a very slim pass, uh, path. Uh, here's the deal, Greeny. Alabama has to win out. That, that's obvious. And then LSU has to lose twice. If that happens, <laughs> then if you're a Bama fan, you're holding on for dear, dear life, then Alabama has to go, then can go to Atlanta, beat Georgia, and guess what? They have found a way back in. The mathematical odds of that are very small, but there, there is still a sliver of a chance. All right, so we'll keep an eye on them closely. Now, Heather, I want to throw a couple of at you quickly here. Let's start with TCU. They move up into that spot. Do they need to win out in order to get in? Yes, they do, because if they lose one game, which they could, certainly at Texas this week, at Baylor, then home against Iowa State, that's the toughest remaining schedule in college football. It's either going to play them right into the selection committee's top four or knock them out immediately, but I think they have no margin for error. Yeah, it's remarkable that they're sitting there at number four right now, but our odds only give them a 15% chance of making it in. Meanwhile, tell everybody why last night was a very good night for the Pac-12. Because there are five Pac-12 teams ranked. And you want to go back to Clemson? There are teams behind Clemson in the Pac-12 that can jump the Tigers. They're in a better position. Those three one-loss teams, Oregon, USC, UCLA, any of those teams run the table and win the league, they've got a chance. And then let me give you one more. LSU has one of the nicest wins. That, that was the, the best win that they've had in quite some time. They're certainly since their championship year. And all of a sudden, it's got everybody talking about them making the playoff. Is there a path for the Tigers with two losses? There certainly is, and it's a historic path because if they run the table and win the SEC, they would become the first two-loss team to finish in the selection committee's top four. But... If that happens, I think Paul and I would both be a little bit surprised because George is probably going to win that game. But it's, the path is there, and if they did that, they would have beaten Alabama and Georgia along the way. That's why I think the committee would put them in. How about it, Paul? How about Brian Kelly in his first year? It could not have started out worse with that dreadful loss against Florida State. We were all here that next morning talking about it. Could you imagine it ending in the college football playoff in his first season? It would be amazing. And Brian Kelly left Notre Dame because he wanted to come south and beat Nick Saban and compete for a national championship. He didn't feel like he could do that. By the way, Graney, I'm not arguing in front of the Supreme Court here, but there is some convoluted precedent for what LSU could do. In 2007, when we had the BCS, LSU lost twice. They lost twice in overtime, still won the SEC, and still won the national championship under Les Miles. Yeah, that's right. And again, LSU, the, working against them, obviously, is the one-sided nature of that other loss. The Florida State game, uh, they get an extra point blocked at the end and whatever it is. It's the, it's the one-sided nature of the other loss that's going to hurt them. That's right. Tennessee whooped them 
at their place, 40 to 13. But to your point about Florida State, Florida State's now in the selection committee's top 25. So one point loss to a top 25 team. Not that loss that. looks a little bit better. The season, while it feels like it goes by in the blink of an eye, is a very long proposition. Much more from the two of you as we continue. In the meantime, back to the NFL. We will go next. Tom Brady and Russell Wilson coming into the weekend off wins in their last na- in their last games. Who has the better chance to get their team on a roll? We'll answer that question next. We're getting up with you on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back on Get Up and getting ready for a huge week 10 in the NFL. Dominique, Seahawks and Bucks in Munich. What are you looking for? Yeah, I know the Bucks haven't been great this year, but this still feels like a, a prove-it game for Seattle. They're on the incline. They've been answering all the questions every step of the way, but this is another big question. The Bucks have a lot of talent on that defense. If the Seahawks are able to continue to run the ball and be effective there, then I really believe that they become contenders, true contenders, like championship-style contenders in the NFC. Gino for MVP. Kmart, what are you watching for? Broncos and Titans. Oh, this matchup, Greeny, it's all about Derrick Henry. Regardless of who starts a quarterback for the Titans, you're looking at the Derrick Henry show. This is a guy who has had to answer a lot of questions about is he still the same? Why isn't he breaking off big runs? Well, I think he's rushed for 100-plus over the last five, four games. Yeah. Uh, five straight games. So, he, he's the dude. Yeah. Uh, RC said the other day, you never want to see both twos coming out. If you see both twos, you're in trouble. Canty, Vikings, Bills, what are we watching for? I'm looking for how Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, calls the game, specifically when it comes to quarterback design runs and got to have it situations. Short yardage and the red zone. We know what Josh Allen is as a passer but I think it's understated how important he is to their run game. Going up against the Vikings, a top 10 run outfit. Josh Allen has 31 first downs with his legs. The next two top rushers for the Bills, only 22. 
So his his legs are spectacular. Yes. His arm is what we're worried about right now yeah. because of the elbow. Yeah. We had heard that we would get some sort of update. It feels like there's a large delta between what this injury could be and could, it could be nothing. It could be something. Yeah. Is there any information that we have right now? So this is my game this week. I'm fascinated by it. And I could tell you the Bills are keeping everything close to the vest. Um, Josh Allen was there yesterday. Like all injured players, he's getting treatment. I think between now and the game, like this, I would not be surprised if the Bills um, say, you know, he's a game time decision. And I think that's what's so scary about the situation yeah. is even if it's if it's if it's not a big like a huge deal, right? You're still thinking about it's Wednesday, and we don't even know for certain if this guy is playing. And it's not just about winning, beating the Vikings. This is a Super Bowl team, a potential Super Bowl contender, and this guy accounts for. 99% of their offense. Like, yep. let's be honest. He, he, yeah. They ask him to do a lot, and he has done it. But the Bills win the Super Bowl by Josh Allen being able to do Josh Allen things. Right. So pain management is going to be an issue. And then how Brandon Bean, their GM, how McDermott, how Josh Allen decide to approach this week from a pain tolerance standpoint and whether he could potentially damage the arm any further, that remains to be seen. Well, you said to me yesterday, the most important thing for them is that Allen is fully healthy in the playoffs regardless of what it means for the regular season. Yeah, absolutely still feel that way. I, I do believe that knowing that they have Case Keenum backing him up. Like, Case Keenum isn't going to be a Pro Bowl-level talent, but it's not a complete drop-off. It's not a, yeah. all right, you're, you're definitely going to lose, especially with the talent that they have and what we saw the Cowboys do early in the year with Cooper Rush. I think this team is talented enough to survive without Josh Allen because they need to have him healthy for the playoffs. But you brought up the point that there's no guarantee that they get home field advantage. There's no guarantee that they even make the playoffs in a tough division and a loaded AFC right now. It's a bit scary. So, so let's talk about that for a minute, Chris. This came up here. I feel like all season long, at least in my head, and I think it has been the conventional wisdom, well, the AFC Championship goes through Orchard Park, New York, yeah. and that's it. Who can go in there and beat yeah. them? Can Mahomes go in there and beat them? Could the Dolphins go in there in that weather and beat them? This might change that dynamic. So I would ask you, do the Bills need to have the one seed in your mind to be the favorites to come out of the AFC? Yeah, I think they do. And I think they have to win their division as well. That's something that we got to start talking about. The idea that we're talking about. Could the Bills not actually win the division? The Bills are 0-2 in the AFC right, East, exactly. and the two teams Everybody that are chasing them are 2-1 in the mm-hmm. division and have head-to-head wins. So it's an actual conversation, and when you start factoring in Josh Allen's health right. being compromised, that, that changes how I project this Buffalo Bills team. They're already dealing with injuries on the defensive side of the ball. They got two all-pro safeties that are out, yep. but then when you also look at what Josh Allen means to that team, Kmart joked about it saying he's 99% of his offense. He actually accounts for 84% of their yards. That is tops in the National Football League, even more than Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So think about how important he is. If he can't be that dual-threat quarterback, then I'm sorry. I I think it changes the ceiling on who the Buffalo Bills are. And the last time we saw a team, Greeny, go the wild card route Mm -hmm. with a quarterback not named Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl, I was on the damn team. <laughs> that was a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, which team? It, it was. It was that. The was the New York Giants. Yeah. yeah. So, so, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins, who have not lost a game in which Tua Tagovailoa started mm-hmm. and finished. Mm-hmm. 
All along, I've been wondering myself, well, can that offense work in the freezing cold in Kansas City or particularly in Buffalo? But what if it doesn't have to? What if all of a sudden, for the first time in recent memory, the road to the AFC Championship goes through a warm weather? (laughs) It hasn't happened in a really long time. That becomes a that this I think this opens up this conversation in a very meaningful way. I think you're right. I think I feel good about the Dolphins from the standpoint of as long as Tyreek Hill is healthy. Like, I understand two is health. But to me, Tyreek Hill is the X factor there. And I've seen him win games in cold weather. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Feel, I feel good about the Dolphins having to go to Orchard Park. I really do. Even I, in Buffalo. Yeah. The, the, that, 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 that offense works there, Tua, without the arm strength and still questionable yeah, there. And I you got these that's track the stars running in negative eight degrees. The point is we don't know exactly what the weather is. If it's cold, that's one thing. But if it's windy, windy. that's all you're asking for a whole nother thing because what they do is attack deep downfield. And Tua's been great this year. No quarterback is perfect. Every quarterback has <laughs> its shortcomings. And Tua's, we all know, it's kind of that arm strength. And when you want to attack deep down the field and your quarterback's arm is not uh, strong enough necessarily to cut through that, it does, to me, make it a lot harder for them. Look at that. It has been 20 years, excuse me, 30 years since the Dolphins hosted the AFC Championship game. I feel like there's a lot at stake here with that UCL with Josh Allen and, as Kimberly says, probably have to wait all week to figure out what it is. Anyway, those are Super Bowl contenders. Then there are the Indianapolis Colts. They, of course, have been in a tailspin of late. They got off to a 3-3-1 start, but they've been struggling. Uh, Their passing game specialist, Parks Frazier will assume play-calling duties for the team under interim head coach Jeff Saturday, which is still wild is that? weird for me to say. <laughs> Frazier, Parks Frazier is his name. He's 30 years old. He has never previously performed his new role. I, I wanted to get Heather in here because I do want to have a bigger picture conversation about quarterbacks who will be coming in. But Kmart, first mm-hmm. off, you know, uh, Dominique and I each had our chance to, to, to give some comments yesterday on Jeff Saturday, our, our longtime colleague and very dear friend, uh, taking over this job. I just wanted to give you a chance. You and I both looked at each other when I saw you this morning. You were as shocked as everybody else. Quick thoughts. I will remember. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I I feel for Jeff because this is not a great situation. Um, He is walking in. It feels very Trojan horse-like. Like, the owner feels comfortable with Jeff going in there. The owner is telling us, I don't trust anybody else in here on the staff to tell me what is not working. They have a talented roster, um, and it is underperforming. So Jeff is going to go in there and figure out what is the issue. But now he has to get players who who he's spoken to as a ring of honor guy um, to buy into what he's selling, and he has to get coaches (laughs) now to kind of get him up to speed. But the bigger issue is when you talk – when you talk to people around the league, I mean, the, it, and it, let's not make this just a, a black-white thing because get out of my mentions with oh, the race card. There are white coaches who have, been, have toiled for years literally looking at this like, what? how did he just jump off this desk? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hire me. Um, but I, I, I think it speaks to a lot of issues uh, at the crux of it, obviously minority hiring, and it is just not a good look all around. But Jeff Saturday is a leader of men. He is a genuinely wonderful guy who knows football. And I hope that they do well. The question is, if they do so well that Jim Ursay wants to keep him, I want to watch that hiring practice. (laughs) I want to watch that whole hiring process play out with the Rooney rule. Well, I'll tell you what. If he does well, then you got your head coach. (laughs) In this situation, if he does well, you got your head coach. Now, I hear where you're coming from in terms of the inequities and disparities and the job opportunities and coaching hires. I'm not sure that this is that, though. 
because who the hell wants this job? Like, Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach for the same reason that Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback. They're trying to get a franchise quarterback with a top draft pick. And if you look at the tankathon.com, Greedy, <laughs> three of the top five teams that are in, in, in the NFL draft order, the Indianapolis Colts got them on their schedule. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and make sure that those things are losses as opposed to wins. And I'm not saying that the, the, the directive was come in here, Jeff, and lose all of the games. But when you hire somebody that doesn't have experience coaching in the collegiate or the pro level, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah. This is a situation where Jim Irsay is tired of going through the cycle of quarterback after quarterback. Right. He's got to find a guy that can be under center for the next decade. Well, it actually does take me right where I wanted to be that you said that. So let's do it quickly here because the, the Colts, look, they were really good under Peyton Manning because they drafted him at the top of the draft. They were really good with Andrew Luck mm-hmm. because they drafted him at the top of the draft. And from the moment he walked out that door, they've been chasing that, trying to put Band-Aids on the situation. So that's why I wanted Heather here. How many truly franchise-changing quarterbacks are going to be in this draft. Before the college football season started, I was hearing, oh, five guys, six guys, seven guys are going to go in the first round. How many of them from where we sit right now look like they might truly be worth tanking over? Three. Absolutely three. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis Mm -hmm. at Kentucky. And C.J. Stroud has made throws this season that NFL scouts should be drooling over. But I want to switch to Will Levis because he is playing in a pro-style offense. You look at him when he walks in the room. He's an NFL quarterback. He has a strong arm. He's been sacked 30 times, guys. His offensive line is terrible. He's got a cut down on the turnovers. He's had 10 total turnovers, 8 interceptions. But he's been sacked more times than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young combined, almost twice as many. (laughs) So what can he do when he's got players and the supporting cast around him? I think Levis can walk into an NFL team and be much better. And And he plays in that region, too. And, and of course, we've all seen Bryce Young, who was the Heisman winner last year and played in the championship game. So with all of this sort of on the table, what are your thoughts? I'm rooting for Jeff. I want him to succeed. But I do have to mention that if I'm preparing for a Jeff Saturday team, I know one thing that he's going to do. Run the ball. <laughs> so the Raiders better put 11 in the box because Jeff ain't letting them throw for the first 15. But, but, but Nick, Saturday going to be doing a lot of losing on Sunday. Right? And we keep it in the book. Oh, man. He, he owes me dinner. How many coaches are still on that staff? They've fired yeah, everybody there, to, haven't to they? Be, to be fair, we talk about how difficult a situation is. I hope Jeff's getting a real big check because this staff was already a bit gutted before they got rid of Frank Reich. And now they're like, hey, guy who's never coached before mm-hmm. how about you go in there and do all of these jobs so your point resonates a little bit but I think if anybody can do it it's our mm-hmm. friend Jeff Saturday and we normally go to dinner the night before like every week we come up here and we go to dinner up here and we go back and forth and who pays Jeff it's your turn you don't get to sneak out I don't care who hired you next time I see you stakes on you Saturday <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we got great basketball coming your way tonight. We'll actually be at Barclays tonight. Uh, the NBA Countdown crew getting you set for the battle for New York. We got the Knicks and the Nets at 7.30 Eastern. And then it'll be the battle for L.A. with LeBron's Lakers taking on Paul George and the Clippers. Again, we'll start your night with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern here on ESPN. And it's all available on the ESPN app. Coming up, when the season started, most experts thought the road to the Super Bowl went through the AFC. We'll tell you why Patrick Mahomes would like to have a word with all those experts as we continue next. Get up on ESPN. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I don't know the question you're trying to ask. You're better tomorrow. I'm not answering this. That's a clown question, bro. Next. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? What else do you want to know? Next question. Your next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. I'm not going to answer any questions for you. That's my question! The question, jerk! It is that time once again where Dominic Foxworth must stand up to a series of hard-hitting, provocative questions, usually about football, and answer them whether he wants to or not. Here's the first. Which quarterback who is currently 24 years of age or younger would you choose if you were starting a franchise right now? Yeah, there's a couple of them. I think Jalen Hurts and Fields are guys that... I thought a lot about, but I went with Justin Herbert because I think you look at what um, Jalen Hurts is doing around with what's around him, and he's grown into it. It's really impressive. But when a guy has the types of tools that Justin um, Herbert has, and I think the potential that a player like he like him has, and his athletic ability, like he has everything that you would want. He's shown an ability to like put it all together in the course of the game, and I think that they've come up a little bit short in the way that they've coached around him and the players, the type of players that they have around him. I love to see him with a real serious speedster, deep threat guy. I think you could see similar to what, you see, what you're seeing down in Miami. And, and look, I mean, no one's paying any attention to them, but they've been banged up and he's been banged up and that team is yeah, still so sort of hanging around. So we'll see what they can do next. What's the best team in the National Football League that nobody is talking about? I think I got to go with the Titans. And it feels like every year we write the Titans off and uh, Mike Vrabel like proves us wrong and makes us all look silly every time and they find themselves in great situations. But what it boils down to is a few things that are core to football. If you can run the ball and stop the run, you're going to be in just about every game. And they are among the best. Behind Simmons on defense, they're among the best teams in football at stopping the run, playing good defense. And you have a guy that I don't care what the weather is, which everyone, as heavy passing as this game is, most teams outside of the Ravens, I guess, are really weather dependent. They don't. Yeah, and look, they almost beat Kansas. Maybe you could say yeah. could, should have beaten they, Kansas City the other night on the road without their quarterback. All right, last one. If I took the quarterbacks out of the conversation, who would you tell me is the MVP of the league right now? I think it's got to be Tyreek Hill. It's hard to argue with the impact that he's had on that team based on what they were last year to what they are now. And this man is on pace to break the record for yards in the season. He's accounting for a lot of their offense when he catches the ball, and he's accounting for a lot of production because of the gravity uh, that a player like that has, how scary he is to defenses. I think his impact on this team, he's turned Tua into a guy we're not from a guy that we're not sure about to a guy that is going to get a big long-term extension. It's Tyreek Hill. Let me get Chris and Kmart in here if I can. 
in on this because I, I want to ask you both the same question. In fact, I think we have pick bars for it. Can we put the picks up on the screen and just see? stop doing this. Does, does <laughs> everyone agree? I'm not with that. Don't stand next Every, to me. With the, with the normal side humans. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone's got Tyreek Hill's uh, name on the screen. Yeah. Greeny, don't do it. Don't say something crazy, Greeny. I'm not going to say something crazy. All right. I'm going to say you're all overlooking the right person. The most valuable player in the National Football League right now who does not play quarterback is named Saquon Barkley, Chris Canty, for your old team, the New York Football Giants, okay. and I will tell you why. If you take Tyreek Hill off the <laughs> Dolphins, they might still have something. If you take Saquon Barkley off the 6-2 and two New York Giants, they would be 0-8. In fact, they'd be 0-9. <laughs> they would have lost games they haven't even played yet. They would be so bad. He's on pace for 1,655 rushing yards. He's on pace for six. 60 catches on a team where no one else currently has more than 20. He is the entire offense. When everyone knows it's coming, they can't stop it. And the Giants, I know they just had a bye and lost the week before, so the whole world has forgotten that they are actually having the most surprising season in the NFL. I'm looking at you, Canty. Saquon is the MVP. I know what you're doing, Greeny, and I'm not going to let you get away with it. What is it? You're just upset that Tyreek Hill chose the Miami Dolphins over you. <laughs> that is not true. That's what this is all about. You don't want to give Tyreek Hill his credit. We've got Garrett, we've got Garrett Wilson. I'm not worried Stop about it. it. Talk to me about Saquon Barkley and why he is not—he is the entire offense on the New York Giants. And they have six wins. Listen, they have the same number of wins as Miami does. Nobody had the Giants as a playoff team on the bingo card. And right now, if they play 500 ball the rest of the way, they're going to be a double-digit win team. You couldn't have said you couldn't have gotten off to a better start with the Brian Dable, Joe Shane era, New York Giants football. And Saquon is the identity not only of the offense, but of the entire team. Like they, they, they run the offense through Saquon Barkley, whether it's a receiver or catching passes. <laughs> it is just, there we go. So I mean Level listen, Saquon is special and, and I think he's having an amazing season. You're gonna be surprised how fresh cash can motivate a guy because it's a contract season. Ooh. But the right answer is Tyreek Hill. Did I make you rethink okay, it? Did I know make what? you rethink it? You know what, Greeny? You're a genius. <laughs> it, it, it's never appreciated. It in the moment, right. but I had a second, and I actually I'm starting to agree with yes, you just a little bit. That's what I'm bit. talking only about. Only because, only because we know exactly what is going to happen. Oh, that's Jeff's. Yeah, he's going to get a box. He's going to get a box. Keep going. But, I, okay. but when you look at the Giants, like the, it's almost like the Browns. Like you know, Nick Chubb is going to run it down your throat. Nobody can stop him. Saquon, he literally is all of it, and they don't ask Daniel Jones to do a lot. That's right. And it's Nick Chubb argument. is doing it on a team that has lost more games than we expected right. them to, and the Giants have. <laughs> have won far more games than we expected them to. How can I be expected to conduct a serious conversation? <laughs> Greeny, you are a professional, exactly. man. You handle that incredibly You're well. not above this, though, Greeny. You're not above this. One of my best guys gets a head coaching job. Dominique is standing on a box. What chance do I have here? All right, where am I going next? Let's go to the odds. Most of this season, the Bills have been the favorites to win the AFC. But after this week of games, hold everything. Our analytics now like the Chiefs. They have a 40% chance to make it to the Super Bowl. They do not, however, own the home field tiebreaker against Buffalo thanks to their week six loss against them. So all that is still to be decided. And I will also mention, as we were just talking about non-quarterback MVPs, that Patrick Mahomes, as of this week, is also the favorite to be the MVP. So I will ask the question. Again, Chris Canty, Mm -hmm. I will ask it to you. Does the road to the Super Bowl, we talked about Buffalo, the injury to Josh Allen, Miami is intriguing. Is it still all about Kansas City 
in the AFC? Is it their conference to lose? Yeah, they're the best team in the conference, and they've hosted four consecutive conference championship games. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, Greeny, I think they have a tougher schedule than the Baltimore Ravens do. The mm -hmm. Ravens have the easiest strength of schedule of any team remaining in the NFL. This is a group that's going to get healthier after the bye week. Mark Andrews is going to come back. You saw the impact that Roquan Smith had on that defense. It's not inconceivable that the Ravens could run the table the rest of the way. The only team that they play with a winning record remaining on their schedule is the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 18, and that game might not matter for Baltimore. So although I do think the Chiefs are the cream of the cop crop in the AFC, I could see Baltimore having the inside track to the number one seed. Yeah, there's no runaway favorite. We've mm -hmm. been trying to pretend like it's the Bills mm -hmm. all the time, and now we want to say that it's the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a primetime game against a rival who they had a grudge against and struggled mm -hmm. with them against their backup quarterback. The Chiefs are good. Patrick Mahomes is great, but they are not uh, them versus the field. The Bills are not with a uh, uh, injured uh, Josh, Josh, Josh Allen. Allen yeah. So I think it's wide open right now, and the, the Ravens are an interesting team, but their style – and the lack of, like, a real, legit receiver is going to hold them back. Yeah, I don't know why you said pretend. I think – I would argue that I always felt like Arrowhead was, was the spot. Like, you have yeah. to be able – it runs through Arrowhead because it has run through Arrowhead the last few years, and, and that's a credit to Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen's health, integral for the Bills. But there, this is what I love about the, the NFL right now. There is no clear favorite. Yeah. Everybody's I, a contender. I think most of the year, I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, I think generally speaking, people thought it was Buffalo. And, yeah. and you have, to, to your credit, continued to say it was Kansas City, but I don't think most people thought that. It has been Buffalo, and now maybe there are some cracks in that, and we'll see. The AFC feels wide open. Meanwhile, over in the NFC, do they need OBJ in Big D? Why this marriage might be one that changes the balance of power completely in the NFC. That's off the top of the hour as we get up with you on ESPN.